This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Where to start? Third hour on Pure Opelka. Welcome back. Thank you for being here today, first of all. Thank you so much. Every day. Thank you for being here. And if Lawrence Jones is listening, oh, I'm in so much trouble. (laughs) I'm just glad. I'm lucky I'm not in Dallas this week because yesterday I was telling the story, the sad story of Lawrence Taylor, the ex-NFL great, former New York Giant, two-time Super Bowl winner, Lawrence Taylor, who's lost his way and ended up. DUI hitting a cop car in Florida and a camper and he ended up getting a very light sentence and as I was explaining it yesterday I accidentally said the name Lawrence Jones instead of Lawrence Taylor not once but twice okay it happens I don't have a lot of Lawrence's running around my life So during the break, Mr. Jones stopped by to give me a proper dressing down. And I'm just very glad because he's he's bigger than I am, younger than I am. But uh, fortunately for me, he's a lot nicer than I am. Lawrence Jones is in the studios in Dallas today. I think he's filling in for uh, Dana tonight. So if you're so inclined, visit the Lawrence Jones program filling in for Dana Lash tonight. And I think he's coming to New York, but I don't know what for. He's a foxy one, that Lawrence Jones. He, he's crafty. Maybe he'll tell us. Uh, by the way, there is a uh, vital question of the day that is currently up on Twitter. I would like you to participate in it. You can also weigh in on the phones, 888 The question of the day relates to... The story out of Washington, D.C., and I think Oregon is doing this too. If you're going in to get a driver's license now, you do not have to, uh, you do not have to select male or female. You can actually just pick X as a gender. And uh, I'm one of those people that uh, wants to know how many genders there are. Just how many genders are there? Please tell us. We need to know. Currently, based on on the numbers, uh, you guys have voted in decent numbers already today. We have about 16 hours left of voting. 64% of you say two genders. 1% of you, so that means at least two people have voted this way. 1% of you have said there are three genders. 2% of you are saying there are more than three genders. And 33% of you would just like to stop this insanity. And guess what? I'm, I'm with you on stopping the insanity. I know, I sound like Susan Powder. Anyone know that reference? Anybody else understand that reference? But if you want to weigh in on the question of how many genders there are, please, please join in the conversation. We had some really interesting and very smart people weigh in last hour. The bottom of the hour, we're scheduled to talk to uh, Congressional Representative Loudermilk, and a week ago, he was in a very different headspace, I'm sure. But he has some fascinating 
pieces of uh, legislation we're going to talk about today. If you weren't here earlier, I broke down the the election last night, not just the the Georgia one, but the South Carolina one and what it means. And the story here, so many Democrats are disheartened today, and I'm warning the Republicans against being too uh, confident. Let's not be overly confident here, because if history teaches us anything, if we go back to 2009, there were seven special elections after the inauguration for a couple of months to fill important seats and Democrats won all seven of them. Six of them were replacing Democratic candidates, but they successfully defended all of those and picked up a Republican seat. So back in 2009, the Democrats were 7-0. and oh, And here in 2017, Republicans are 4-0. and oh. And back in 2009, the Democrats were ramming through a wildly unpopular bill that was going to take over one-sixth of the U.S. economy, and it was called Obamacare. And currently, in 2017, the Republicans appear to be trying to ram through a bill that will, again, take over one-sixth of the U.S. economy, and the Democrats are calling it Trump Care. Anyone see any parallels here? And we know what happened in 2010 and then what happens or could happen in 2018. The GOP would be very smart to be mindful of history. I'm just saying. The other side of this election that I touched on briefly yesterday, the other side of the special election in Georgia, that Democrats tried to make both a referendum on Donald Trump and a referendum on the GOP overall, uh, unsuccessfully, I might add. The other issue there, to me, was money. And this was, many have talked about this being uh, the most expensive congressional race in the history of our nation. And it certainly was that. And you have to wonder what those big donors feel like, what those people from out of state must feel like. The people who put up the millions, the tens of millions of dollars to support John Ossoff, only to find that he could not even increase his percentage of the vote from the runoff to this special election by one full percentage point. I think he was up like eight tenths of a percent over the previous election. Could not even muster that with all that money. They couldn't do it. And you, you heard me play the clips from the ladies on The View who were just having a hard time swallowing this one. And, of course, they blamed the candidate. Joy Behar came out and said, had he moved into the district, it would have been a better idea. All he had to do was move. The Democrats should have told him. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Joy. Where were you about two months ago? when we all discovered the guy was not even living in the district. I loved it. Yeah, I'm having a little fun with it. But that story, uh, when we talk about the money, let's get down to this money. Because now uh, John Ossoff, the loser, the biggest loser in, in yesterday, well, may, maybe, maybe John Ossoff is not the biggest loser. 
Maybe it's the entire Democratic Party, but uh, today on Morning Edition, the NPR show, Don Os- John Ossoff is quoted as saying, quote, the role of money in politics is a major problem. Gee, you didn't seem to have a problem with the role of money in politics last week or even yesterday when $40 million went to your benefit. Ossoff continues, and particularly the role of unchecked anonymous money, where there have been um, super PACs in Washington who have been putting up tens of millions of dollars in attack ads for months now. Yeah, and your side had tens of millions of dollars to spend on attack ads and a ground game and everything possible, Mr. Ossoff. So now, the day after you lose, you want to talk about money and politics? You should have been with me over a week ago, over three years ago, when I started talking about the negative effect of money and politics and how it hurts both sides and we have to do something about it. This election, this one special election, costs more money than Ronald Reagan's 1984 re-election cost. Think about it. Even with money adjusted for inflation, this, this absolute insane amount of money that was spent to get somebody elected to make a statement, it was nothing about doing the job, it was to make a statement. This was a a foot-stomping thing. This was for all the people with the kitty cat hats. And CHR, I heard you. I didn't call it what I wanted to call it. All the people with the kitty cat hats can put their hats away. You're 0-4. You can stop stomping your feet. You can scrape the resistance sticker that covers the I'm with her sticker on the back of your Prius off now and start getting on with your life. When the money for one congressional seat in a tiny district in Georgia is more than Ronald Reagan spent to get reelected in 1984, we have a problem and we need to talk about it. Now, the reality is all the television stations, the newspapers, the radio stations in the 6th District are saying, shut up, shut up, we love all that money. We would create extra ad time if we could. But the corrosive effect of this this amount of money on our political system can't be underscored enough. It is a corrupt problem. It, It is a problem that we have to be honest about. And when you win, you can be happy about it. But come on, people. Over $50 million was spent. John Ossoff outspent Karen Handel 7 to 1, and he still lost. I go back to what I said yesterday. What could that money have done? What good could that money have brought to the people of the 6th District or, or several districts around the, around the nation? How many kids could have helped get healthy? How many kids could have put in better schools? How many people would have been better off? Just a waste of money.
But, you know, the Democrats thought they could buy this. And yet what the name we will hear the most when we talk about this from Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, the Koch brothers, the Koch brothers have raised their ugly head and they purchased another election. Psst, Bernie, Bernie, the money didn't come from the Koch brothers. The $40 million came from Hollywood and big liberals. Never mind. Never mind. They're still bad people, Koch brothers. When we get back, I want to talk about something I saw late yesterday, and I don't know if you saw it, but I think it bears discussing. Talking about the Philando Castile dash cam video. There's nothing we can do to bring back Philando Castile. But um, if you haven't seen the video, it's on the blaze. You need to see it. It's very disturbing. It's hard to look at. But I also think it's something we need to look at. We need to try and be honest about it. So we'll address that situation. Then around the corner, we'll talk to Congressman Loudermilk. And uh, I do have a thought about what, what brings us together. And we'll get to that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a tough moment. This is a tough segment. I, I debated whether or not I wanted to go here. And I've decided that this audience being as smart and as grown up and as mature as it is can deal with this. And I think it's important for us to be honest with each other and say that we have to be able to talk about really uncomfortable things. We have to be able to say when something's wrong, even though the courts have said it was okay. We have to be honest with each other that sometimes really bad stuff happens. And I believe such is the case of the situation with Philando Castile, the young man of, of Ramsey County, Minnesota, who was shot in July of 2016 by Officer Geronimo Yanez. It's, uh, it's dash cam video that apparently was shown during the trial, but just was released to the public in the last couple of days. It's dash cam video that I didn't want to watch, but I did. I'd seen the Facebook video from Castile's girlfriend. And I'd seen the reports from the court after the jury did not convict. 
it's a really really gut-wrenching piece of video Yanez was acquitted on two felony charges of endangering Reynolds as well as her daughter her four-year-old who was secured in the back of the vehicle in a child's car seat during the trial the woman told the court or Yanez told the court he feared for his life he was acquitted of manslaughter he was acquitted of two felony charges endangering the woman's life Castile's girlfriend's life it's really a, a, a tough piece of video to watch I'm gonna play the audio for you it's the officer walking up to the car as it stopped on the road and and I'm not going to stop the gunshots because I want you to feel what I feel I want you to try and understand this I think I think we all of us live in a very multicultural world we live in a world of many colors and we have to be able to have an opinion on this you can't be afraid to watch this and form an opinion and you have to be honest this is what happened as as the officer walked up to the car Hello, sir. Good. How are you? Good. Uh, reason I put you over is you, your brake lights are out. So you only have one activated active brake light, and that's going to be your passenger side one, your third brake light, which is up here on top, and then this one back here, it's going to be out. Do you have your license for insurance? Okay, now right now it's a pretty normal stop, right? Look, you have three brake lights on the back of your car. There are the two on each, one on each side, and then there's the one that makes the triangle of red lights in the middle of your rear window. Two of the three were out. The cop had a legitimate reason to pull over the car. And he did so. And then he asked for the license and registration. And this is where the bottom falls out. He hands him his registration. Okay. Don't reach for it then. Don't pull it out. That that just happened. The video is shocking. If you were to see this in a movie, movie you could you could put a a suspension of of disbelief or a suspension of reality into it you could say it's only a movie but this is life this was Fernando Cal Castile's final moments on this planet in front of his girlfriend in front of a four-year-old child in the same car by all accounts and obviously we can't see what was going on inside the car because we only had this one point of view from the cop car behind it's a horrible situation Nothing's going to bring back Philando Castile. Nothing's going to change the life for that, that little child or, or the girlfriend. Nothing's going to make Philando's mom feel better. It's, it's a really tough situation. I'm sorry, but this, this looks like an officer who was given a pass. And he freaked out. And I, I can't say what was in his heart. I love cops. I love our military. This one is, this one's a tough one. I think you need to watch it and form an opinion so that 
if it comes up in conversation, you can feel something about it and not avoid it. We'll be back with Congressman Loudermilk next on Pure Pelkin. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are very pleased, very lucky to get uh, a few minutes of time with a member of Congress, uh, Congressman uh, Barry Loudermilk from the 11th Congressional District in in Georgia joins us. And I'm I'm guessing it's a pretty good day for the Georgia Coalition today, Congressman. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing very well. Yeah, it is a good day. Uh, you know, we have five appointees. Uh, by uh, President Trump, and we filled uh, all those seats with five Republicans. So it's uh, it is a good day. You now we can move on with our agenda. Well, that's good. That that's an important thing. You know, a week ago we were all busy um, saying prayers for Steve Scalise and everyone involved, and you were there at that practice. And then uh, the next day, we, a bunch of us were in D.C. for the baseball game, and we're happy to announce, and I'm sure you've heard it, that. Uh, Steve Scalise has been upgraded to fair condition and moving towards the rehabilitation phase of his injury. So the great news and everybody needs to keep praying, but we still got work to do, don't we? We do. We have quite a bit of work to do. And I mean, that was, you know, that, that event last Wednesday, you know, I was on the field, as you said, uh, had numerous shots fired directly at me. It's uh, one of those, well, those moments when you feel so vulnerable is uh, having no way to, to 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 defend yourself and shoot back. But you know the impact that it's had on our conference is, is really it's uh, rallied us together stronger. You know the the fact that Steve didn't die on the field or Matt Micah, the the staff member who was shot in the chest, didn't die is didn't die is just a miracle. I mean, uh, the rounds that were being fired were military grade. They're they're designed to kill on impact. Um, I'm looking at a guy, when I uh, ran off the field, I went to the shed, I saw Matt lying there. My plan was to get the shed, get eyes on the shooter, and then find an escape route to get out of the way. But once I saw Matt, I realized, all right, I can't leave this guy here. And uh, he's got a pretty bad, I mean, very bad wound to the chest, bleeding pretty badly. Uh, and he's going to be fine. And so it's just, a, it, it's an amazing, amazing thing that <laughs> of what had happened. You know, it's terrible, but at the same time, it's just a, you see the miracles and the, the number of heroes we had on the field that day. Well, amen to that. And the power of prayer stands out. And I'm with you on saluting the heroes and saying thanks, God, for all that other stuff, uh, for all the other great works that the doctors and the first responders were able to do. Now, you, you've got a t- couple initiatives we need to let people know about. One, one I believe, relates to uh, uh, pr- self-protection, and the other relates to the military, which you want to take on in our short time. Well, um, we have uh, we haven't uh, we haven't actually uh, initiated anything yet. We're looking at uh, some uh, some things that we need to do to open up to allow people that when 
you know, there, there's plenty of bad people out in the world today. I'm sorry I had to step on the floor and vote real quick there. Um, okay. But there's, uh, there's plenty of bad folks out there, and the rhetoric is so high that it's just inspiring people to do ridiculous things like this. And if this incident would have happened in Georgia, it wouldn't have lasted near as long. My chief of staff was parked in an area where he, he probably had a shot that was 10 to 15 yards away from, from the shooter directly into his back. But because uh, Washington, D.C. has outlawed guns, and that's where our apartments are, uh, even though we could have carried in Virginia, uh, no one had a weapon out there except for the two police officers. Had not Steve Scalise been on the baseball team or even at practice that day, it would have been a little bloodbath. So we have to, we have to be able to enable citizens to protect themselves. There were numbers of police officers came to that field to investigate had there not been the two Capitol Police security detail officers there that day, there would have been nobody on the field being able to fight back. So, and I fully support our law enforcement. They do a tremendous job, but they're not everywhere every time. Usually they're investigating a crime, not stopping a crime. And so uh, we have to look at ways to better defend ourselves, allow the American people to, to better defend themselves. Well, I support it as a concealed carry permit holder myself. I support it, and I, I, feel, I feel like there is concern among some folks that by giving uh, members of Congress the right to carry, we'll be creating a second class, uh, another class of gun owners. And uh, I, I want, I'm one of those people, Congressman, who wants Congress to have what we have, and we have what Congress has. So uh, I'm yeah. a person who says, if you're good enough to carry concealed, uh, as a congressperson, a citizen should have the same right. Right, and there's uh, there's a lot of fake news out there right now that uh, somebody took a statement I said and turned it around backwards. That uh, I told the press, I said, "Look, if I'm ever in a gunfight again, I don't want to be, but if I am, I want to be able to shoot back." And uh, I'm no better than any other citizen out there. But the the truth is, I'm a target, not because of who I am, but because of the position I'm in. I become a target uh, for a lot of evildoers. Now. The problem we have here in Washington is even with a reciprocity bill, which I am a co-sponsor of, uh, Richard Hudson's reciprocity bill, that would not fix the problem we have here in D.C. And my point was not just for congressmen, but anybody that works or has to reside part-time in Washington, D.C., that reciprocity bill would not help them because basically Washington, D.C. is not a state. It is a district. We have to have other legislation to address the ability to carry in D.C., and so uh, in no way was I advocating only allowing uh, congressmen to carry, but because many of us actually do reside part-time here in the Washington, D.C. area, as do other people that come up here, uh, the, the, the bill that we have out there, the reciprocity bill, would not fix the problem that we're addressing right now. Well, it's, it's, it's an issue I think uh, we're all interested to see. You guys keep pushing it forward. Uh, I know you're short on time. What's up on the uh, C-130J Super Hercules program? I, I know this is a vital interest to not just your district, but to the Department of Defense. Uh, is that project going to get pushed forward? Well, the president is, uh, is you know, strongly uh, advocating to strengthening the military. When you look at our yeah, C-130 is the workhorse of the Air Force. I spent many years in the Air Force, and uh, it's... It, it plays so many missions for the Air Force from special operations, gunships to 
um, you know, carrying cargo, carrying personnel. My son, who's airborne, he's made several jumps out of C-130s. And that new J model is uh, has longer range. The engines are, are much more efficient. They're cleaner. They don't leave smoke trails. I mean, there's just so many advantages to that C-130J that uh, our National Guard and Reserves, are uh, their planes are quite aged, and uh, they're very expensive to maintain. So we're pushing for the military to upgrade uh, to get the adequate number of these uh, uh, weapon platforms and uh, uh cargo planes out there i mean it's just c-130 is so versatile and everything it does that we have to be able to upgrade we've got to you know there's arguments out there that we're way ahead of the other nations uh why why do we need to spend as much as we do on defense and you know we have to be very sensitive especially with the level of debt we have but it isn't you can't compare us just to one other nation such as uh russia and what they spend you can't uh, compare us just to north korea you can't compare us just to iran you have to compare us to all those together because they're all potential enemies that could strike us at the same time. And we are the leader of the free world. And uh, we have to make sure that our people are safe and secure and able to exercise those constitutional rights. So uh, we need to make sure. I, I've always been an advocate. If you're the biggest, baddest dude on the block, then you don't have to worry about as much. You just you just handle the way that you handle your weapons. So. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I love hearing about this project, and I also like the clarity on the Second Amendment rights. And the the next time we talk, can we talk about Rand Paul's base running and his hitting? Because I, I was at the game, and I got some issues that we have to deal with. Well, let me tell you, going into that game, most of us that were on that field that night got very little sleep. I mean, I got three hours, and I mean, I was I was expecting to do much better at the plate than I did. I usually hit. I went four for four at the last year's game. Um, and when I got out there, you could tell everybody was pumped up. We were out there for the pregame ceremonies. When I thought the other teammates, they were exhausted emotionally, physically. Uh, some didn't get any sleep at all. I mean, there were many that, that had the same experience I did. As, as soon as you close your eyes, you're back there again running off the field. Mm. You're hearing the gunshots. Um, and so, uh, just before the game, uh, I was over at the practice field where the shooting took place with, uh, the team manager, Joe Barton, negotiating with the FBI just to get our equipment. I mean, we didn't You're have kidding. any bats, any helmets, uh, catcher's gear. Um, and so they went and scrounged everything that didn't have blood or bullet holes in it and gave it to us. Literally, we're getting just two hours before we're supposed to be at the field warming up. Wow. Uh, thank goodness to the Nationals, they donated catcher gear because our catcher gear was either shot up or had blood on it. So, it's, um, you know, we are a much better baseball team that was on that field, but we walked on the field winners because we were there. And uh, well, it, next year will be another another year. And we thank you for coming to the game. It was uh, a record crowd. We had more than several uh, major league teams did that week. Well, it was an, it was very inspiring, and your story touched my heart and i know it touched thousands of hearts as we we felt like we were there with you on the field and happy to be able to say thanks for you surviving it and thanks right now it looks like everyone's surviving so that's great news and and we'll just we'll keep pushing ahead and yeah i'll be there next year and maybe you'll sign my program if we if we get there early (laughs) thanks so much congressman take care sir god bless you too thank you god bless who knew? Who knew that the 
that the Republican team had to go scrounge equipment for that game. Who knew that the catcher's equipment was all shot up and had blood on it, was still at the crime scene? I certainly didn't know. Anyone else get a chill when they heard that little detail? I don't know if that's been out there yet. Maybe you guys just got a little bit of a scoop. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Loudermilk. I hope he'll be back. He's a good guy. Michael Opelka taking a break. We'll be back to wrap up today's program. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Let me make this clear. Uh, I am a user. I am a spokesperson. I am someone who, if I were not compensated, I would still be taking relief factor. Do you want, can I make that any more clear? I started taking relief factor uh, 17, 16 plus weeks ago. It's an all-natural anti-inflammatory that it, it's helping a lot of people. But really, let's, let's be honest. In our ego-driven world, the fact that it, it works for me is what's important to me. But I know it works for Doc Thompson. I know it works for Brad Staggs. I know that I had painful knees, that I was considering knee replacement surgery from all of my running and all of my crazy years of running marathons and training to run marathons, my knees were killing me. I started taking Relief Factor. Eight days later, I no longer needed the handful of those green gel caps, those over-the-counter pain relief pills. I don't take prescription pills. It's changed my life. It's made me, made me more active. I've got my life back. I'm playing golf. I'm digging in the garden. I'm doing things. I, I, I'm walking the dog longer. Call Relief Factor if you want to try it. Try the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95, a three-week quick start pack. It's, it's pre-measured for you. Each packet, you just put them in your, in your bag. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me, and it works. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's called Relief Factor. If you want more information, you go to relieffactor.com and read up on it or call them and ask them. 800-500-8384, Relief Factor. Busy day today. Busy day today. My day starts very early. About 4 o'clock in the morning, we start working on a, a prep sheet that goes out to 300-plus radio stations, people like Glenn Beck and Sean Hannity and uh, Mark Levin, all kinds of people in the radio world, smaller stations. And it's all about the stories from the blaze. And we try and send them our best stories and say, hey, you want to know what's going on in the world? This is the blaze. And then I stop and grab a cup of tea at a local convenience store called a Wawa store. And it's the same people every day at five o'clock who are in there, the same people I stare at and say, hi, I don't really talk to them. I just kind of nod. Hi, how are you? Here's my money. But today I talked to everybody. Why? Because I walked in and there had been a small fire inside the store, inside the machine where they cook the, the, the bacon or something. But there was smoke everywhere. And it's the first time everybody checked on everybody else. 
It's the first time everybody said, you okay? You're going to be all right? Are you sure you should be in here? And yeah, it was the time when complete strangers stopped and actually tried to reach out to another human being. And why was this? Because of a problem. Because of a, a situation that, that one was concerned for their fellow human being. And so I, I was reminded we should, we should look for those opportunities every single day. We should look for those chances to dare to be human. To dare to reach out and say hello to the person who takes your five bucks every morning. The person you would obviously and most likely never spend any time really having a good conversation with them because you just want to get to your office and get working. But today, because of a fire and the bacon machine and the bacon oven, I actually talked to most of the people who worked at the local Wawa store. And I know tomorrow I'll know their names and I'll say hello. And maybe we'll all be a little bit better. And that's kind of what it's about, right? We'll meet here tomorrow in 21 hours and we'll cover the stats on how many genders there are. For now, testudo, my friends, testudo. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.